Okay there, welcome to the third sneak peek episode of the Church Marketing Podcast. My name is Dave Shrine, and uh, golly, I cannot believe that we have done three sneak peek episodes so far. You know, what's going to be the difference between a sneak peek episode and a full-length episode? Well, let me tell you, you're just going to have to tune in and find out. Our first full-length episode will be launching, I'm shooting for the first week of May, and uh, it cannot come fast enough. Uh, These conversations that we're having, they have been incredibly helpful for me and my job. I feel so lucky uh, to be able to speak with the guys and and gals that we're going to be talking to because there are so many issues that I'm looking for help on uh, when it comes to communications in my role at my church. I'm, I'm at Mountain Park Community Church out in Phoenix, Arizona. And I know that we've got some great resources and some and some tools that are not available in a lot of places. But the truth of the matter is, is that principle and um, good best practices, it doesn't matter how many tools you have. If you don't understand principles and if you don't have best practices to glean from, it can be a really daunting thing. And so one of the people that I spoke with very early on as I got serious about church communications and my role at my church was a guy by the name of Jerry True. Jerry works out at Max Lucado and Randy Frazee's church uh, in its Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. I spoke with Jerry uh, about a year and a half ago, and you'll hear us talk a little bit about that. And one thing that I have come to appreciate over the year Uh, Over the time knowing him, reading his blog, following him on Twitter and having different conversations with him is he is gifted in the area of relational diplomacy. He talks about diplomacy a little bit in our conversation. And to be honest with you, it wasn't until he said the word diplomacy that I really put it together that this is a guy who knows what that is. And so I would invite you to tune in and listen to our conversation and listen to the diplomacy that Jerry advocates for. Really, for a guy like me, I can be very prone to thinking that I know everything, thinking that the world begins and ends with me, because the truth of the matter is, is I'm only 31, almost 32 years old, and I don't have a whole lot of life underneath my belt. I don't know everything, and and I need certain cues, certain phrases, certain truths that I can rely on, that I can lean back on in order to help me keep that, that humble spirit and to realize that, Hey, you know what? I don't have all the answers and that it doesn't begin and end with me. And perhaps you need to hear that message too. And so as we talk about Easter, our conversation, even though it's centered around Easter, the fact is, is that These big picture principles are so easy to pinpoint and pull out because Easter is so important, but they are really applicable to all, to, to all of the, the events that we put on to the day-to-day routines in our office. They are applicable to so much more than just Easter. Now, our conversation got pretty long because just talking to Jerry, you can keep going and going and going. It's just a wealth of knowledge and experience. So I'm going to cut this one up into two parts. I'm going to drop this one uh, today, and we're going to drop the next one sometime the week of Easter. So like I said, even if you're all done with Easter, don't tune out. Tune in. Lean in to what Jerry has to say, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit on the flip side of the conversation. But here we go now. My conversation with Jerry True. 
Well, I've got Jerry True on the line here. Uh, he is the Minister of Communication Arts at Oak Hills Church out in San Antonio. And it's actually funny, Jerry and I connected probably uh, maybe just over a year ago. Uh, and I, I said, Jerry, I just want to hear what you guys are doing at Oak Hills Church. I'm fairly new into the communications world. And just hearing what you do uh, is going to benefit you know, what we're doing a whole lot. And Jerry was just super generous to give me an hour of his time. And, and I'm super excited for him to, uh, to be joining me here today. So Jerry, thank you so much for carving out time again to speak with me about uh, church communications. Absolutely. I look forward to the conversation. Thanks, Dave. Great, great. Well, before we get into anything else, um, you are participating in the uh, Center for Church Communication um, certification lab that's coming up in June out in Atlanta. And uh, and you participated in the last one, too. Is, that's correct, it, right? Yep, that's that's exactly right. It was it was an amazing time. I had about 25 church communicators came together for our first ever um, lab with uh, these communicators. And it was just packed with practical things. I, I really walked away having learned a, learning a lot from the other presenters there as well. So I'm really excited about the new one, that the next one that's coming up here in June. That's great. What what would you say um, people can can expect, you know, kind of like a day to day life to look like while they're there at the certification without going into too much detail, but just kind of set the set the picture there? Well, it, it, it's going to be packed with a lot of practical um, application of really exploring this, this, this content around social media, around leading well and working with your, those, those leaders that are over you, like your senior minister, maybe it's executive pastor or it's a, a worship pastor. How do you work with those, those individuals who come with these expectations and help them shape those expectations and then deliver the, the product or the, the, the communication that needs to be delivered in a timely way? A lot of real practical um, application around how to do that well and, and have the diplomacy and know when to say no and how to shape that, that no so that it doesn't come across as, as, as um, disinterested and really helping, but you really do care deeply. It's being tender-hearted but yet tough-minded. How do you do that? And so it's going to be a, a time packed with just practical ways to help do that. That's awesome. So just to FYI, if any of you guys are interested in participating in that and uh, meeting up with Jerry and some of the other presenters, it's happening June 9 and 10 out in Atlanta, Georgia at uh, Phil Bowdle's church, Westridge Church. It's uh, just outside in, in Dallas, Georgia. So uh, you can go to cfcclabs.org slash certification if you're interested in more. But, um, you know, I highly recommend uh, participating, especially if, if your church is at a place where you really want to start making some momentum and, and taking some ground in your church communications area. So, uh, Jerry, the reason why I really wanted to talk to you today is because you, you're at, uh, you're at a very unique location. I mean, you got, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your church, um, the size of it, and then we'll dive into maybe some of the dynamics that you have to work with as preparing for Easter. Sure thing. We uh, we have six campuses um, located through five of them in San Antonio, one of them outside of San Antonio, within about a, an hour's drive of, of San Antonio. And um, on, on any given Sunday, we'll have anywhere from ten to fifteen percent of our congregation are visitors because Max Locato is our, our one of our teaching pastors. Mm. And so we have this continual flux um, that's happening. But on, on an average, we're, we're dealing with about ninety five hundred. Um, in attendance on a weekend across our six campuses. Um, so uh, we have Randy Frazee as our, our senior pastor, and, and our, our real heavy emphasis um, through our, our mission statement, which is we are the body of Christ, called to be Jesus in every neighborhood, 
in our city and beyond. So our, our real um, primary emphasis is on reaching our neighbors and, and being Christ in the neighborhood. So, uh, so that, that's, that's how we're, we're structured and uh, the size of our church and what we're about. So with six different campuses, now I work at a church that has one campus, and we're at about 1,800 people on a Sunday morning. I know we, we deal with our own dynamics, but six different campuses with that many people, and how many, would, how many people are you expecting for Easter, do you think? Oh, we'll, we'll, we hit 14,000 last, um, oh so we, we almost, I mean, we, we really have about 45 to 50, almost 50% um, additional people wow. on that weekend. So we add a lot. We go from 13 worship services on, on a weekend normally to 17 worship services to accommodate the additional uh, crowds. So obviously you guys are already prepared for, um, already prepared for larger crowds as you are a larger church. That's just a dynamic that you live in. But when it comes to Easter, how do you begin to, what, what kind of conversations shape uh, the preparation, not only for the crowds, but also for coordinating Easter messages across six different campuses? I would imagine there's a lot of um, synchronization that needs to happen. Yes, there is. Um, so, so we start planning usually uh, mid-January is our conversations begin to start happening around Easter. We look at Easter as a catalyst for tremendous spiritual growth, knowing that it's our unique opportunity to connect with about 6,000 additional people that utilize Easter as their once, maybe twice. Sometimes maybe it's the, the sixth time out of the year that they've actually come to church. But but it is it is a focal point where they are they're they're intentional about be, uh, being there on Easter. So we really want to make the most of that day as a catalyst for spiritual growth. So for instance, in uh, 2013, we started talking about three to four months before Easter about what's the big faith ask going to be? What is it going to be that we're going to challenge our people to do as well as those that are visitors that are coming? Mm-hmm. And we decided based off of being inspired by Traders Point Christian Church, uh, Erica Garcia and the, and the great staff leaders there, uh, we decided based off of the inspiration of Leaving Wet Sunday, they did a Leave Wet Sunday where they um, had people come get baptized and then leave in their clothes wet. That's awesome. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. What a cool idea we thought. So we thought, why not Why not leave wet on Easter? What greater declaration in your Easter clothes than to walk out? So we thought, you know, this is crazy, but but let's try it. And so, so we didn't announce it. We didn't let anybody know that we were going to call for baptisms on that particular Easter day. But we had a lot of preparation and planning to do over those next three months, getting ready, not knowing how many people would take that step of baptism. Yeah. And so with 14,000 people there, we ended up having 250 baptisms across six campuses. And, uh, and if we hadn't had that pre-preparation of what are we going to do if we have, you know, 300 people want to get baptized, we, we, that's what we planned for is, is hypothetically, let's shoot for 300. If we had yeah. 300, how many towels are we going to need? How many? And then how are we going to communicate this when the time comes? Where do they go? What do they do? Who are they connecting with? Who's helping them through this process? So all of that had to be worked out in advance. And so that's why we, we really believe Easter preparation needs to start happening three to four months in advance to make that a real catalyst uh, for spiritual growth. I like that. Now, one, one question that I have about that, is Randy the one that initiates that conversation to start talking about Easter, or do you initiate that conversation? How, how does that work out for you guys? 
We usually initiate it by sending a request to the senior minister's executive assistant saying, we need to meet with Randy. We need a date to spend about an hour talking about the theme. What's his message? What's his ideas for messages? And then he gives ideas. And and fortunately, we're in a a wonderful place where we get to brainstorm and come up with the, the, once we know his his idea of his content, we come up with a whole theme, graphic package, the, the design, the branding around that, and then... We, that's, that's within our purview as the creative arts team um, to help him vi- visually and in, in a compelling way um, represent what he's trying to say in the message. That's good. Well, now, Randy strikes me as a guy who's fairly planned out. Would you say that's an accurate, accurate representation? Absolutely. We already have everything ser- sermon series-wise until um, the end of the year. So okay. we're... We're, we're way we're working like right now we're working on our August branding for our our vision casting um, month that's going to happen. Um, that's all um, pretty much laid out for and now we're just trying to pick between the three designs that we have going for that branding. Um, and so we the beauty is we submit the designs to him and then we get a kind of a, a uh, out of him, which of these three Easter let's let's focus on Easter, which of these three Easter designs speaks to you of what you're trying to convey? And typically he looks and he says, you know, all three of those are, are really great. Uh, you choose. Which one do you like? Yeah. And then we give him our feedback as to which one the, the, the larger collaborative team has focused in on as what we think is the best to communicate it. Mm-hmm. And typically he'll go with us unless he has some concerns, and then he'll share what tweaks he thinks might, might need to be done. But then after that, he, he lets it go, and whatever we decide, he's he's happy with it. That's cool. See, now when you talk about being planned out like that – I don't know if you've been peeking in on my dreams, but that's like my professional dream is to be able to be planned out that many months ahead. I think more for us, um, more for us at our church, you know, we're kind of operating on a, uh, in some cases a week to week, which, you know, you know, that can be, uh, very tough and sometimes that's necessary, but uh, best case scenario, we're really working out maybe a month ahead of time. And so I'd like to buffer that out, but what kind of what kind of tactics would you share? Because this is one thing that I really respect about you is you you have such a great approach to having conversations um, with 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 higher ups, with superiors, with senior leadership, uh, and having them graceful yet truthful. What would you say to a communications or creative uh, director or pastor out there whose pastor might not necessarily be as planned out, but this communications director? you know, wants to start moving on the ball. So how would you initiate that conversation? What kind of tactics would you, would you suggest that that person uses? That's a great question, Dave. In fact, we lived in that world. When I started here six years ago, we get together on a Tuesday. We had Mondays off to recoup from the weekend and we get together on a Tuesday and begin discussing what are we going to do next weekend? And and it, and honestly, it drove me nuts. I, mm-hmm. I I was I was shocked. I couldn't believe that that was what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started here, but honestly, I didn't even know to ask that question when I first started here. It never crossed my mind that that this church would be doing that. And yeah. so when I got in and got into the meeting, I, I knew that our our first goal had to be start to talk start talking about two weeks at a time. And so that's what we did. About three to four months after I arrived, I, I just took some time to assess and try to figure out. What what is driving this desire to plan week to week? And really, what it came down to is they had this this compelling um, um, desire for two things. One, they really wanted the Holy Spirit to lead them, and they felt that planning it week to week was the greatest in the moment 
opportunity mm. for the spirits leading. And two, they really wanted to theme it very closely to what Max was teaching. And Max was working week to week. And yeah. so they felt like they, they needed to hear from him before they could plan the worship and the, and the communication that was going to be um, shaped for that particular weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what I began to do was just introduce the idea of planning two weeks. Let's talk about two weeks. Max, what are you going to be talking about the next week? And so oh, for like the next six months, all we did was talk about two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Then we went to three weeks. And for about six months, we talked about three weeks at a time, then to four weeks. So within a matter of about three years, we were working six weeks out. And Max slowly, and so did Randy, slowly adjusted to this new cycle to where they were not thinking just two weeks at a time. Yeah. They were thinking what's coming in six weeks, what's yeah. coming in eight weeks. And literally right now, we're, we're almost always eight weeks out from wow. what's coming up. That's but here's the, here's the key. And, and really, there's, there was two things that helped me convince people to move in that direction. And that was one is that we needed to trust the Holy Spirit enough to give him time to lead us because we're fallible. We, we, we can't trust that in, in five days we're going to truly understand what the Holy Spirit's trying to show us or communicate through us. Mm, so mm-hmm. we need to give the Holy Spirit more time to work on our heart. So why not give it three, four, five, six weeks to really understand and get in and study God's word and, and to, to sense the direction that he's leading for that worship experience. And so uh, eventually what they came to, to accept and realize is that the Holy Spirit's just as powerful six weeks out as he is the week up. Yeah. And so that really helped us shift our philosophical approach. Mm. And then secondly, we, we were able to get to the point where we separated the pastor's study and writing of his message completely separate from what we planned for the, the weekend experience mm. and all the communication. We, we, we divorced those two, trusting that the Holy Spirit could bring the two together. Oh. And that, that consistently happens now. Yeah. But the other beautiful part is when you, you start thinking eight weeks out, you have a greater opportunity for more time to ponder the message that's going to be given to marry those two back up. So, so over a period of about two years, we had to divorce the two. But now we've been able to move back, now that we're six to eight weeks out, we've been able to move back in and, and look at what's coming, the theme, the content, the idea, the big idea behind what's being planned for that, that service six weeks out. And we're now we're able to bring it back together, knowing what that theme is going to be. So initially, I think it's important to separate the two and give the pastor the freedom to plan week to week if that's what he wants to do. But don't feel like that has to handicap or handcuff the communication and the worship team yeah. um, in their process of planning that, that weekend experience. I love that. That is, that's super helpful for me right now. Now I want to drill down just a little bit. Let's say that, I mean, we are what two and a half weeks out from Easter. And I know that there are some churches out there who um, communication directors still don't exactly know what the messaging is going to be like on Sunday, what that central theme is. You know, you talk about walk away wet. Isn't that what you said? Walk, leave yeah, wet, leave, 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 leave wet, wet Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Huh? So you talk about that. They, they still don't know if that's necessarily a possibility. How would you recommend they get that conversation going about Easter? And, and, you know, maybe they don't have the level of, um, trust yet, or, or the same level of clout that you had when you came into, uh, Oak Hills being the new hire. But, um, how would you recommend they get that conversation going? You know, I think the first place to start is prayer. Just pray that 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 God would soften the heart and um, and help the the leadership to be open to a conversation 
um, because they're very busy. And, and a lot of times there's there's um, the tyranny of the urgent pushes out what needs to be discussed about weeks later that that's coming. And so the, the, the pastor doesn't often realize and, and the executive pastor or whoever else is leading the team doesn't often realize the additional pressure they put on those that are that are tasked with carrying out the plan when they delay those decision points. But they're also very busy with a lot of other people who have expectations on their time as well. And so it's a, it's a delicate balancing act. So I typically start with initiating the conversation just by asking, can we get together and have a meeting and brainstorm or and talk about what is the desire of what we're trying to do on Easter? What, what is the hope of what we're trying to accomplish? And if that's reciprocated with a yes, let's do it, you're right, we need to do that, they, they begin to be seen as the person who's looking out and, and who has the back of the pastor, mm-hmm. who cares deeply about the success of the team, mm-hmm. because they're taking that, that personal approach of helping initiate that. Um, and so the proactive side of that helps build that trust, providing they do it in a tender way. And don't become too tough-minded in the process. In other words, the tough-minded side of if they get rejected and the and if bitterness or resentment develops, ultimately that's not going to foster that that caring side of, of understanding that the pastor feels mm-hmm. like that they have their back. Yeah. So I would think that's that's the start of it. And if if it's not reciprocated, my pattern has has come to I've come to accept that sometimes I just have to give these things to God and trust that He's going to work out those details. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take some sacrifice on my part, but I've got to be willing to release it and give it to him. Otherwise, I'm going to become resentful. I'm mm. going to become bitter. And so, so it's that, that part of proposing. And that's why I really believe that proposing a meeting, a proposing a discussion around it helps them become viewed as the proactive voice behind helping become successful, bringing success to the team. I want to thank Jerry for uh, for coming and having that conversation with me. There's a lot of really great stuff that we could pull out of there. And one thing that I want to focus in on is, is that it seems that Jerry handles pretty much all of his tasks through the lens of relationship. Email is so easy to lean upon and to... And to really start using it for things it was never meant to, design, meant to be used for. It wasn't designed to be used for things other than quick communication. As Jerry came into his new role when he was first at the church, he found that they were planning week to week. And rather than bashing their current plan, he decided that he wanted to seek to understand where that week to week planning came from. What was the reason for it? And as he had that conversation, he discovered that, that it was really out of a desire to, to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit and to lean on the Spirit to speak into what they were doing. And I love the way that, that he kind of turned that. And rather than saying, well, we're going to do it this way, he said, okay, how do we get even more out of that desire to trust the Holy Spirit, to feel and sense the Holy Spirit's leading? And, and he just kind of took that sponge and squeezed it even more and said, you know what? We need to trust the Holy Spirit enough to give him time to lead us. We can't, we can't trust that in five days we'll understand exactly what it is God is trying to tell us. And so rather than bashing, he, he again twisted that sponge and says, here's how we get more of what it is we're trying to do. Jerry just leads out of relationship, seeking to understand all sides and being a true diplomat. Uh, that is one of the greatest things that I have learned from Jerry so far. 
Guys, I'm going to cut it short here because that conversation was a little bit longer than any of the others. And we want to, we want to leave room for discussion and, and, uh, and, and follow up. So if you want to go to church marketing sucks.com slash CMP, you're going to find this episode along with the other two sneak peek episodes that we've done so far. Click on any of those sneak peek episodes and you'll be taken to a place where you can leave a comment. Feel free to leave comments about uh, possibly how you were challenged through this conversation, uh, things that you might have further questions on, prayers that we could be uh, lifting up to, to God on behalf of one another, because this is not an easy job. Doing church communications and church marketing is not easy. We are leaned on for so many different things and often with so few resources that we think we need to get by. And so I'd encourage you to lean on this community. We have had an incredible response. So there are people listening to this message and there will be people listening to, to what you have to say. So go to churchmarketingsucks.com slash CMP and leave your comment. The other thing that I want to, uh, to end on is the certification lab for church communicators. Uh, Jerry is going to be there. Mark McDonald is going to be there. Phil Bowdle is going to be there. Uh, there's going to be several other faculty who are going to do an incredible job of leading you and your church through what it is to have a successful and intentional church communication strategy. If you're ready to take your church communications to the next level, join in the Center for Church Communications and be a participant in this certification lab. You can get more information at cfcclabs.org slash certification. And I'll put it in the church, uh, the, the church marketing podcast ep- episode notes. Wow, I got hung up over my words there. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Let's just say that. I'll put it in the show notes. You can access it there. Get signed up. If you have any questions, I'm also going to put a link to a conversation that was had uh, this week between all of the presenters, all of the faculty member uh, members, and facilitated by Chuck Scoggins, the executive director for the Center for Church Communications. Okay, that's it for this sneak peek episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We are just a couple weeks away from our first full-length episode. Get subscribed on iTunes. Get subscribed on Twitter, uh, Twitter, Stitcher, and uh, and yeah, we will be with you soon. Until next time, my name is Dave Shrine. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dave Shrine or check out my blog, DaveShrine.com. Until next time, Shrine out. Shrine out.